Hey y'all, it's Rosa Revolver Girl here talking about what it takes to get a concealed pistol license in Michigan. Um, I'm going to go over the actual application and some of the things that it states, and then also the actual process of what happens. I was really lucky. I got a really great instructor. Her name is Christy Bass, and she is the instructor for Phoenix Rising Firearms Academy um, based in like Metro Detroit area. She was fantastic from the beginning to the end, and even currently, she is always available to answer any questions, firearm, or even unrelated, um, just life questions in general. She's been fantastic. So I highly suggest if you're getting a CPL, and that's why you're looking this up, to kind of understand what the requirements are, that you absolutely try and find her. Um, and no, it's not sponsored, anything like that. That's just, like, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate everything she did for me. Um, so I'm going to get right into it. This is the Concealed Pistol License Guide and Application. It's eight pages long. Um, you have to pay $100 in order to fill this out, and then you have to pay $15 to get your fingerprints done. And this is for first-time applicants. I'm not sure how much it costs for a renewal, or if you've gotten like fingerprints done previously. I did not look into that, but I know in my case it was a first time um, application, so I had to pay $115 and then that was it. Um, but so the CPL requirements state that the state requirements are that you have to be 21 years of age, you have to be a citizen of the United States or an alien lawfully admitted into the United States. You need to be a legal resident of Michigan and reside in Michigan for at least six months prior to your application. However, there are a few um, little like differences where you may or may not not have the you are sorry, whew, you may or may not have to actually live in Michigan. Um, so you are a resident of Michigan if you possess a lawful Michigan driver's license or ID card, you're um, lawfully registered to vote in Michigan, if you are in active duty status and you're stationed outside of Michigan, but Michigan is your resident um, home, if you're in active status and you're permanently stationed in Michigan, however, you live somewhere else, you're still a Michigan um, resident. And then... The six-month rule can be um, not denied. Uh, it can be waived if something like this happens. So, for example, it's saying if the applicant is a petitioner for a PPO or a personal protection order under certain laws, that can be waived. It can be waived if this county sheriff determines that there is a clear and convincing evidence to believe that the safety of the applicant or the safety of a member of the applicant's family or household is endangered by the applicant's inability to immediately obtain a license to carry a concealed pistol. I believe that's saying um, that, say, you moved states and someone is trying to hurt you, but you can prove it without a shadow of a doubt that aside from maybe having a sheriff outside of your door, you're going, like, there's a very real chance that they're coming after you they can say, okay, we're going to get rid of that six months and get them one as soon as possible versus waiting the six-month period and hoping and praying that you get an appointment right after six months. Um, and then also, 
say you move from like Arizona to Michigan or Pennsylvania to Michigan and you had a CPL um, in any of the other 49 states. I, I should probably say 48 states because I'm pretty sure Hawaii isn't allowed to have guns at all. Um, but that's a different story. Um, any other state where you already have a CPL, then as long as you've moved to Michigan and you're now a lawful resident, you can still apply for one and you don't have to wait the six months. Um, you need to have knowledge and training in the safe use and handling of a pistol by taking a CPL course um, and making sure that it is accredited and it's they're doing the way that they're supposed to. None of these shady online, um, you are on, you're in class for 45 minutes and you don't ever actually hold a gun. Um, that kind of class, it needs to be, I think you have to have eight hours total of classroom. Um, you need to have shot 30 bullets. There's different requirements that have to be met in order for that class to have counted for you to obtain your CPL. Um, so you cannot be subject to an order or disposition in any of the following. Um, an involuntary hospitalization or alternative treatment. So you couldn't have been involuntarily admitted to like a psych ward or anything like that. Um, or like a rehab center. Um, you can't be legally inca incapacitated. You can't have a personal protection order against you. You cannot have bond or conditional release prohibiting purchase or possession of a firearm if you're going to get a CPL. And you cannot have pled guilty, or sorry, I'm sorry. You cannot have pled not guilty by reason of insanity and still apply for a CPL and get approved. Um, you cannot be prohibited from possessing, using, transporting, selling, purchasing, carrying, shipping, receiving, or distributing a firearm under law MCL 750-224F. Um, and, like, if I ever use any of these MCL laws, those are, um, you can literally just go or type that into Google, and it will pop up so you can read the more, um, the lengthy version of that law. It definitely has proven to be helpful in trying to understand some of these things. Um, I should just throw out here, I am in no way a legal guru. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a firearms instructor yet. Um, I am none of those things. This is all strictly for just your, your information. This is just one gun owner to another one trying to help you. Um, but I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm not in any way legally responsible for the way that you interpret this information. I think I'm saying that the right way. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to school for 10 years to be a lawyer. I'm a medical assistant. I can stitch you up, but I cannot tell you what to do with the laws. Um, so where were we at here? Oh, yeah. So number seven says that you cannot have been convicted or adjudicated as a juvenile of a felony in Michigan or elsewhere, and a felony charge against the applicant is not pending in Michigan or elsewhere at the time he or she applies. So you cannot have a felony, and you cannot have had a felony as a juvenile. Um, you cannot have been dishonorably discharged from the United States Armed Forces and still apply for a CPL. 
Um, you cannot, so (laughs) this is where it's fun. This is the huge list of laws that I'm about to go over. Um, so number nine states, um, the state requirements state that you cannot have been convicted or adjudicated as a juvenile of a misdemeanor violation of any of the following in the eight years immediately preceding the date of this application and a charge for a misdemeanor violation of any of the following is not pending against the applicant in this state or elsewhere at the time he or she applies for a CPL. Basically, from what I understand, that is saying that in the eight years um, before you applied on that date, you were not convicted or adjudicated of any of these. And then, obviously, if you have a misdemeanor... Um, or if you have any of these misdemeanors or um, or felonies, obviously, you cannot apply. Or you can apply, but you will get denied, so there's no point in giving them your $115. So definitely, if you have a record of any sort, pay special attention to what these things are because they are crazy. And there are some ways you can get your record expunged I believe that when I was looking it up, it was three years for some of them and five years for other ones, but um, you can do it yourself or you can hire a lawyer or you can talk to your local sheriff and figure that out for yourself, but I know there are certain ways if it's been like five years since you got this misdemeanor of some sort, you can talk to people and try to get it expunged from your records so then you would be able to have the CPL requirements, or you would meet them at that point. Um, so number one is failing to stop when involved in a personal injury accident. I'm assuming that means like any sort of injury you like hit and ran basically. So if you leave the scene of an accident knowing that you caused it, that could be a misdemeanor um, and then you would no longer be able to apply for a CPL. Number two is operating while intoxicated or with any presence of Schedule One controlled substance or cocaine, punishable as a second offense. So this means as a second offense, uh, if you were operating while intoxicated or with any of those Schedule One controlled substances, you are unable to apply. Number three, you were operating a commercial motor vehicle with alcohol content punishable as a second offense, um, you cannot apply. Let's see here. Reckless driving, you cannot apply. If you got caught operating while your license was suspended, revoked, or denied, or never applied for a license in the first place, um, if it's punishable as a second or subsequent offense, you are unable to apply. If you were caught operating an aircraft while under the influence of intoxicating liquor or a controlled substance with prior conviction. With prior conviction. So from the way I'm reading this, I don't know if it's true or not. However, it says operating an aircraft, meaning if you're flying a plane and you get caught with intoxicating liquor or a controlled substance in your body, but you have a prior conviction, that means that you obviously can't apply for a CPL. Um, Number, I don't know what number I'm on. 
Anyway, um, hindering or obstructing certain persons performing official weights and measures duties. When I looked up weights and measures duties, that basically means in a law term that it's the inspectors. Um, They're making sure that everything is to the standard of what all of our government agencies have decided is the standard. That's just a term they use to um, tell you that that's... Uh, like our SAE system or our um, standard American mathematics, whatever you want to call it, that's making sure that everything is kosher there. Um, this is the funny one. I don't know if I mentioned it already, but you cannot apply for a CPL if in the within the last eight years you have hindered, obstructed, assaulted, or committed bodily injury upon the director of Um, the Department of Agriculture, or another authorized representative of that director. What? (laughs) That that one, it makes me laugh every time I read it. So if you somehow obstructed or hurt or assaulted or whatever the Department of Agriculture or any of their authorized representatives, you cannot apply to a CPL. It says nothing about, say, the Department of Education or... Uh, let's see here. Mm, DOT or Department of Transportation. You could have assaulted them, I guess, and gotten away with it. But I don't know. These laws are very funky to me. Um, you cannot have been caught operating a vessel under the influence of alcoholic liquor or a controlled substance. Or with um, like a blood alcohol content that's illegal. Um, punishable as a second or subsequent offense. So if you got caught, um, it seems like with both a a boat or anything that you would consider a vessel or an off-road vehicle, you cannot apply for a CPL. If you were caught operating a snowmobile under the influence of alcoholic liquor, um, punishable as a second or subsequent offense, you cannot apply for a CPL. If you were caught possessing a controlled substance, controlled substance analog or prescription form, you are no longer allowed to uh, apply for a CPL. If you were caught operating a locomotive under the influence of alcohol, well, or if you were um, visibly impaired, it was if it was punishable as a second offense, you are no longer qualified to get a CPL. If you um, display sexually explicit uh, matter to minors, you are no longer vis- are, um, able. If you have a assault or domestic assault charge against you, if you have aggravated assault or aggravated domestic assault against you, you cannot apply. If you are caught breaking and entering or entering without breaking, you are not able to apply. Um, Fourth degree child abuse uh, means that you cannot apply. Um, A vulnerable adult abuse, meaning that um, you're taking care of somebody or you were um, in charge of somebody that's a vulnerable adult, somebody that isn't mentally capable of taking care of themselves. You abused them in some way. You are no longer able to apply for a CPL. Um, talking about or um, solicitation to commit a felony, meaning maybe you didn't 
commit the felony. However, you were caught conspiring to do so. You were caught trying to do that. Uh, Maybe you didn't get away with it. Maybe you didn't get that far. However, they still got you. I'm assuming that means, obviously, if it you got caught, you're no longer allowed to apply for the CPL. Um, if you get caught impersonating a peace officer or a medical examiner, you can no longer apply. If you engage in the illegal sale of a firearm or ammunition, you are no longer able to apply. If you illegally use or sell a self-defense spray or a foam device, you can no longer apply. If you sell or possess a switchblade and you are caught, you cannot apply. Some of these rules, man, I'm telling you, they're crazy. (laughs) Um, If you improperly transport or possess a loaded firearm in or upon a vehicle, you can no longer apply. And when they say upon a vehicle, I believe they're talking about things like motorcycles because I know... Um, That once you hop on that motorcycle, if you're open carrying next to it, once you hop on the motorcycle, it's no longer open carry. You're now concealed carrying because you're on some sort of vehicle. So that's tricky as well. Um, So you have to be really careful when you're open carrying before you get your CPL if you choose to. Because things like that will bar you from getting those. Those turn into felonies. Those turn, I mean, something happened in Detroit recently where a man, his shirt went over his open carry on the sidewalk near his house and he got, he got arrested. Um, people are so open to saying, you know, it's not going to be me. I won't get caught. I'm just going down the street. But all it takes is one asshole cop to not understand or not give you the opportunity to explain yourself. And then your entire, maybe your career, maybe your family, your life is over. If you don't, if you can't get a hold of the right lawyers or if they don't drop charges, like I said, all it takes is one and you have to be really careful about things like that. Um, Getting off the subject here. Um, If you accept a pistol and pawn, then you can't apply. If you fail to register the purchase of a firearm or firearm component that is required by state law. So, um, like I said, I recently bought my firearm, um, my revolver, my little Taurus. If I hadn't um, turned my pistol sales record in the right way, then I would no longer be able to apply because that's like, I want to say a five-year felony. It's a very high offense. You cannot do that. Um, and then get away with it. If you if you improperly obtain a pistol by making a false statement on an application, so if you lie, if you get caught lying on an application to buy the pistol or anything regarding the firearm, then you are no longer allowed to apply. Um if you intentionally point or aim a firearm without malice. So if you're fucking around uh, and you are uh, pointing a load, you know, a loaded or unloaded real gun at somebody and you get caught and you get in trouble, then you're no longer allowed to apply. Um, if you possess a firearm on prohibited premises. So say you... I'm trying to remember what the prohibited premises are here. 
turn. Like a casino, you cannot have a firearm in a casino. So that I know that one for sure. Um, hospitals and different things, those are obvious no-nos as well, or a school. But um, they're saying if you possess it illegally and you're caught, then you can no longer apply. If you brandish a firearm in public. And brandishing is kind of finicky as well. You have to be careful with that term because brandishing is, it can be holding, it can be um, showing your attacker, hey, I have this gun and I know how to use it. So if you come closer or if you attempt to hurt me, I will use this gun. Still not pointing it in, you know, at a direction that could potentially harm them. But you could, that could be simply you pulling your shirt over. It just depends on the level of the offense and what the rest of the situation was regarding what they're going to assume happened. You have to be careful um, when you're using your firearm for self-defense or for anything in general, just carrying it, because there's this thing called the reasonable person. Um, I want to say, well, it's not law, but like in a, in a state of law, they use that um, like legal term saying, you know, if a jury, if a jury of 12 people that don't use guns, never have been gun people, can still justify you using that firearm or you brandishing or you any part of this legal process regarding your firearm, then that's where it makes the rules. Um, next is if somebody, un- so if you were under 18 and you had the possession of a firearm in public, then you can no longer apply. Whew, sorry, did read the yard. Um, if you discharge a firearm pointed or aimed intentionally without malice causing injury. If you are a parent of a minor who violates the firearms chapter of the Michigan Penal Code in a weapon-free school zone. So if you're a parent and you walk into the school with a firearm on your hip because you forget to put it in the glove box before you go in. Um, and you get caught, then you're screwed. That's pretty much what it's saying. If you... If you're caught setting a spring or other gun of, or any trap or device in an illegal way, you can no longer apply. If you are caught carrying, possessing, using, or discharging a firearm while under the influence of alcoholic liquor or a controlled substance, while having an unlawful alcohol content, or while visibly impaired, in any way, shape, or form, you can no longer apply in your cause. Um, If you are caught in a weapon-free school zone and you have a weapon like like I talked about in just a couple seconds ago, if you violate those rules, you can no longer apply. If you get caught with indecent exposure or stalking, you cannot apply. If you um, get in trouble with fourth degree criminal sexual conduct, if you 
have a failure to get your pistol inspected. If you get caught with careless, reckless, or negligent use of a firearm resulting in death or injury to you or another person, you cannot apply. Let's see here. Um, the reckless discharge of a firearm, the reckless discharge of a firearm resulting in property damage, a violation of the law of the United States, another state, or another local unit of government, substantially corresponding to a violation describing above. So if even if, so it's talking about all these, um, under the influence, uh, like driving incidents. So anything involving that you can potentially be barred from applying. And the number 10 states, you cannot have been convicted or adjudicated as a juvenile of a misdemeanor violation of any of the following in the three years immediately preceding the date of the application. So this is all... Oh, excuse me. Um... This is all within the three years before um, you turn 18. You are operating while intoxicated, visibly impaired, under 21 years of age with any bodily alcohol content or with any presence of a Schedule One controlled substance. Um, if you are involved in the refusal of a commercial motor vehicle operator to submit to a breathalyzer, you can be barred if mm, ignition interlock device reporting violation if i'm being perfectly honest with you i don't know what that means i missed that one when i was reading them same thing with the next one circumventing or tampering with an ignition interlocking device it almost seems like they're just trying to say uh, hot wiring, but I'm not sure on that. Like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know for sure. Um, if you operate an aircraft or an over-the-road vehicle, a snowmobile, um, a locomotive, if you are a disorderly person, um, any of these things, it's kind of, I mean, some of them go without saying, if you're not a great person, you can't apply. And I don't mean that, like, all, if you've, you know, broken one of these rules, you're not a good person. I just mean, like, if you're constantly <laughs> driving your snowmobile drunk and getting caught, probably shouldn't apply for a CPL. Um, if you get caught embezzling, you cannot apply. If you... Um, get caught stealing, you get caught second or third degree retail fraud, larceny from a vacant structure, larceny by conversion, uh, false pretenses with intent to fraud or cheat, refuse or um, neglect to return a vehicle, trail, or other tangible property delivered on a rental or lease basis with intent to fraud the leaser. So, Say you you use a U-Haul truck and then 
you're supposed to use it for one day, but then you just never give it back. I think that's what they're kind of talking about. Um, malicious destruction of personal property. Malicious destruction of real property. The buying, receiving, possessing, concealing, or aiding in the concealment of cons- of stolen, embezzled, or converted property. The malicious use of service provided by telecommunications. A violation of the law of the United States or another law um, substantially corresponding to a violation described above. So the same thing, just stating that if you've broken laws, I would suggest, or if you have a record of any sort, I always suggest doing the research and making sure that this is not going to bar you from um, getting a CPL before you apply. Don't waste $115 if you're not sure about it. Um, call your local sheriff department. A lot of times they will be more than willing to help you. They entirely understand. Um, and sometimes they'll be the person that helps you get your name cleared. You know, if it's been the three years or the five years or whatever, um, it does not hurt to ask. Um, you also cannot have been found guilty but mentally ill of any client or of any crime that is not offered a plea of not guilty of or been acquitted of any crime by reason of insanity. So if you've ever um if you've ever gotten in trouble with the law but then you were adjudicated or you got off um, with the plea deal of like not guilty or anything because you said that you were insane or you used mental illness to get out of the, the law, you can't apply for a CPL. Um, if you're not currently and has never been subject to an order of involuntary commitment to an inpatient or outpatient setting due to mental illness. So if you've ever been involuntarily is the key word here. If you've never been involuntarily committed to, like, a mental hospital um, or a rehab center or anything, then you cannot apply. Um, you are not allowed to have diagnosed mental illness at the time of the application. Um, that is including an assessment that the individual presents a danger to himself or herself or to another, regardless of whether or not she is receiving or he is receiving treatment for that illness. Um, you cannot be under a court order of legal incapacity at this state or anywhere else, and you have to have a valid driver's license or personal identification card. And that's just the state requirements. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, that's all I got regarding that. My next episode is going to be the federal requirements um, in obtaining a Michigan CPL license. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you join me next time.